Hi, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Service in Practice. Today, we have a really special guest, Laura Michael, who some of you may know as the voice behind Coptic Dad and Mom and We Servants. And today's episode is called Serving in a Virtual World, How Technology Can Be Both Your Greatest Ally and Biggest Enemy. Laura joins us today from Florida, where she serves the parish of St. Damianus Coptic Orthodox Church in Jacksonville, alongside her husband, Father Philippatir Yunan. And Laura has been vlogging for over 10 years. Her successful blog, Coptic Dad and Mom, addresses topics in spiritual growth, parenting, and issues that we face in the land of immigration as Copts. And she also writes We Servants, a series that provides resources for Sunday school teachers. So Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm great, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So tell us how you got started vlogging. Yeah, so when I had my first child, my daughter, I spent a lot of time online. I was home from work and I was looking for uh, Orthodox Christian resources about parenting. There weren't many resources about parenting at all. Um, Very few Christian resources about parenting and none about Orthodox parenting. And so I was really... um, just desperate to find someone who understood me and who who spoke to me and it, it wasn't happening. So I decided to start writing myself and just put out little posts about the things that I was learning from my daughter each day. And it sort of um, just ballooned and blossomed into this beautiful thing where I just started writing regularly about different spiritual topics. And I even uh, sort of like walked my readers through the ordination of my husband. And so it's just been a beautiful way to connect with people across the world. Oh, wow, that's interesting. It sounds really amazing, the journey that you've taken, that you were able to recognize this need and then help others to also feel understood, because I'm sure there are many others feeling like yourself at the time. So as your blog has grown and you've gained more of a presence online, have you seen that other Coptic Orthodox Christians have also gained more of a media presence compared to when you first started? Absolutely. I think we have so many voices out there now doing blogging and podcasts and YouTube channels and social media accounts. I think it's been amazing. And the best part, I think, for me is starting to see people doing it consistently, blogging consistently and sharing their message with the world. I think that it's made just such an impact. And it's amazing to hear from seasoned voices and from new voices, the young and the older, from priests and from just all kinds of people are coming together to uh, connect on the internet. Yeah, that's really great. I think it's awesome that there's a growing presence and it's not just about the quantity of the content, but also the consistency, as you said, and that there's so much diversity in the the different voices and the talents and the perspectives. So really, God bless you and all the other Coptic creators who are working tirelessly. So that kind of leads me into our discussion today. So I recently read one of your posts on We Servants titled, You've Never Served in a Time Like This Before. And that title really struck me because it's so true. And as servants, and even in general, we couldn't have anticipated the pandemic and something like this, which would really rock the way that we serve and kind of change the way that we see service, both in the spatial and temporal senses. So how can we as servants continue to serve successfully during this changing and kind of unforeseen time? Well, I think the, the first thing that we have to do is to remember the roots of service and to remember that service is about the relationship that we're building between us and the kids. We're not just teaching them lessons. We're not checking off Bible stories to make sure we've covered them all. We're, 
we're trying to transmit the love of Christ to these kids and connect them to the church and to God. And so if we keep that as the center of our service, even in these strange pandemic times, we can keep our priorities straight and really stay in touch with the with the kids. And we want to be careful not to get lazy and not take advantage of this um, strange time to just completely step back and um, be hands off. Because as it says in Matthew 25, 13, we need to keep watch. We don't know the day that our, our master will return, right? And we don't want to be those lazy and unfaithful servants. We want to be, uh, even in hard times, showing that we're committed to our service and to those that Christ has entrusted to us. Yes, of course. It's important to continue to be on guard so that at the end of all of this, we can be told the words, well done, good and faithful servant. So I really like your perspective there. And I think for us as servants, it can be easy to get detached or not be motivated, as you said. So alongside of this, what are some of the other challenges that you've seen while serving during a pandemic? So I think some of the challenges that we've seen is that not all kids are responding to the online virtual um, Sunday school environment as well as as uh, others are. So some are taking to it and some are not. I was talking to my sister who teaches math and they've been doing it virtually for a couple of months now. And there are some kids who just can't seem to connect with the concepts um, over that video screen. You know, they need more one-on-one, hands-on interaction with their teachers. And then, of course, we know that there's a gap in access to technology. Not all kids have excellent Wi-Fi service and have parents who can stay home and guide them through Zoom connections and things like that. We do have to be aware that not all kids have the same access. And then even if they have access, I think I can speak for all of us when I say we're a little tired of Zoom and uh, video conferences and just um, having to deal with people only virtually for so long. Um, we're getting a little bit of what we called Zoom fatigue. Last Sunday, I was on Zoom maybe from from the time liturgy started at 8 in the morning to when my Sunday school class ended at 8 p.m. It was just 12 hours of Zoom meetings. And I can't imagine, you know, even if you're just meeting once a week for an hour, it's exhausting to try to um, to try to do that. Uh, the other thing that's really hard on a servant you know, which if you've tried to teach, a, you know, anything online, you know that it's really hard to get feedback from the kids, to hear from them, to be able to tell who's distracted and who's struggling and whose eyes are glazed and who is secretly swiping through their um, Snapchat feed or who's really watching TikTok videos instead of listening to you and just has you running in the background to make somebody else happy. You can't make sure that everybody's engaged the same way. So I think that's one of the things that's really hard for servants, but it's Zoom can also be hard for the kids. That physical distance is tricky. Yeah, I'm sure. I think that I can relate to this a lot as a Sunday school teacher and also many of our listeners who are also teachers for Sunday school or other services can find that it's hard both to reach the kids and also to stay motivated as servants. However, we continue to try to work through this and push ourselves, like we said earlier, not to become lazy, but to be continuously watchful. So to take a step back from the situation now, before this pandemic, we also lived in a very technological world. So what are some of the difficulties that you found serving in this digital world? This modern digital world has a lot of great things about it, but some of the challenges are things like how easy it is to be distracted, how easy it is to be detached, to just not care. And it really is often an unhealthy way of coping with a pain or a struggle that we have in our life. So through Coptic Dad and Mom, 
I do a book club called Tea with Tosoni. And we're reading this book we just started called Tea, uh, sorry, called Time and Despondency. Every time I want to call it Tea and Despondency. I think it just, that would have been a better title, I should tell the author. But um, Time and Despondency. And Despondency is that thing where we're just desperately trying to get through this like blah monotony of life. And instead of facing reality head on, we are just uh, buzzing with all kinds of other nonsense like, you know, endless Facebook watch videos or whatever it is that we're distracted with, Netflix on binge, all this different unhealthy coping. And that keeps us from facing our pain, from learning through our suffering. It really uh, keeps us, we miss out on God actually, when we're um, obsessed with being distracted. And then of course for our kids, uh, we know that there's a lot of harmful content on the internet. There's a lot of things that they might run across that aren't appropriate developmentally for them, that aren't, um, that are, lead them to sin, even just plain misinformation. You know, there are a lot of people on the internet pretending to be experts at one thing or another. And I think we've seen this a lot with this pandemic, people coming up with wild cures and ways to just, you know, end things. And so if you're a kid and you don't have the discernment of knowing who to listen to and who not to listen to, you're fed a lot of um, information that you can't process properly, that you um, you give equal weight to, even if it doesn't deserve it. And that goes for spiritual things as well. When you listen to preachers through the internet, you don't have that relationship that you do um, with your own priest. You might run into someone with very strange ideas that are not rooted in evidence about the faith or about just how you should be living your life. So we all need to be on guard and careful. And then the last thing I think that there's a, a huge temptation in a digital world to become consumers more than creators. We know that like the whole world right now is geared to encourage your consumption, consumption of things other people have created for you rather than encouraging you to be a creator. And I really feel that God who created us in his image wants us to be his hands and his voice to continue to create also. Like we are supposed to be extensions of him in the world. And if we're spending all of our time taking in random people's ideas and we're not also looking to create, we're missing out on a big part of our calling. Yeah, I think it's really important that you brought up the idea that sometimes the kids may be hearing a lot of information from different sources and may not have that discernment. And it actually reminds me of one Sunday school class a couple of weeks ago where one of the kids that I teach in eighth grade was asking one of the servants if things were getting better, if the numbers of cases were going down. And I found it really innocent that this kid was asking the question where he could probably have just Googled that, but he knew that he could trust that servant that he was asking. And, you know, maybe not all of those kids have that ability to go to a servant. So I think it's really important for us to be there to guide them as they navigate the chaotic waters of the internet and what you also said about the consumption versus creation i think that's also very important and it's beautiful how you described it that we can be the extension of god as our creator his hands and his voice really touching the lives of everyone through technology so that kind of brings us to the next question of how can technology actually help us as servants to be more effective I've seen a lot of amazing ways that technology was has been used in the service. And I think that, you know, one of my philosophies is to reach the kids where they are. And so if the kids are plugged in and engaged by the digital world, we also need to learn to reach them in that space. I'm not the kind of person who says that we should put away all technology all the time and 
you know, you have to read out of a physical Bible and all of this. I love technology. I love everything about it. And so I feel like there are so many ways that we can use technology to reach the kids and keep them engaged. So for example, through PowerPoint presentations that are interactive, I have a friend who always does Jeopardy games with the kids in Sunday school, gets them really engaged. Another great way to keep them competing is with Kahoot or other quiz websites. They've learned all these things in school. So if you can use that to also reinforce what you're teaching about the Bible, that would be amazing. Uh, there are all kinds of polls you can do that are like um, poll everywhere where you, again, you can text your answers and you can watch live with the kids as things are populated and pop up. All of that keeps them awake and keeps their neurons firing. And you want that. You want them to be awake and alert in your class. That's really the way that they can take in new information and, and keep it in their long-term memory. And outside the classroom, you know, the most beautiful thing is that you can reach the kids throughout the week. You can um, use Google Classroom, for example, to send them assignments or ask them to turn in assignments. You can text them, you can call them, you can set up group chat on so many platforms now. Um, you can find out where they're all hanging out and create a group or a channel for them. Uh, don't be afraid to reach them. You have the power now with technology to reach them all week. You don't have to just stick to Sunday. And then I also think it's so important to empower the parents. We know that in the end, um, the kids are more influenced by the virtues their parents are teaching them than by anything we can teach them in one hour a week. And so um, empowering the parents and teaching them how to teach their kids, supporting them, keeping in touch with them, and maybe setting up a website with resources that they can use to reinforce the lessons at home. Any way that we can um, keep that learning going, uh, keep those virtues forefront in the kids' minds. I've also found it really incredible how, um, you know, on We Servants, we have members from all kinds of countries, from all over the world, and just all of us sharing ideas and um, collaborating on things, and a lot of cross-pollination can happen. I think that's one of the incredible things about the Coptic Orthodox Church is that we are really globally centered, and we can... Um, we can really take advantage of that network that we have to connect and learn from each other. We have this incredible opportunity for evangelism and to share the gospel of Christ with the world by our example and by the way that we conduct ourselves through the internet. Um, just being there to share the message of God's grace and mercy, I think is incredible. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing those resources that uh, you suggested to use in the classroom virtually or even throughout the week and I'm sure we can kind of take this away even from this time to continue using them and I also really like that you shared the bit about parents and their involvement and it reminded me of one of your more recent We Servants posts called Aren't You Forgetting Something which talked about the role of parents and how as servants we can empower and encourage them so that they can also become really invested in their kids spiritual education not just their education at school and making sure that they get good grades, but also that the kids are learning from Sunday school and growing spiritually. And this really just is something that I as a servant wanna take to heart and make sure that I do more of that connecting with the parents so that they can also help their kids. And ultimately, you shared that it's really important to bond with the kids to come to their level, whether it's the technologies that they're more comfortable with and the kids are really what's important. And that brings me to a quote I'd like to share from the book Habib Gerges, written by His Grace Bishop Suriel. He writes beautifully, 
Gerges realized that children were the key to the revival of the church. And I like this quote for two reasons. One, he realized how important the children were and that's why he poured his heart and soul into establishing the Sunday school movement and then making disciples that would sustain that and take the movement and spread it throughout the diaspora. And two, he also stressed the importance of revival and how the children would be the key to that. And I think that now we're slowly returning to church and we will need a revival. And that will definitely come from the kids that we serve and from the services that should be strengthened and not weakened during this time. So one last question, Laura. As things begin to return to normal or a new normal, what aspects of service do you think will stay the same and what will change? Yeah, so I think this is a really important question. I I have this concern that we had some, maybe you had some momentum in your service before you were, you know, cut off by this pandemic and the shelter at home orders. And now it's going to be hard to start getting like wound back up. But I think that it's really important to be building momentum all the time. I always say, if you're standing still, you're going backwards, right? If you come back and you think that normal is going to be exactly the same as an imaginary past normal, you're actually missing out on opportunity to really grow and take some of the best lessons that we've learned from this pandemic and use it to propel the service forward. So one of the things that I think, for example, at our church that we learned is that um, we we do this uh, once a week Bible study that used to take place in different homes around the city of Jacksonville. Jacksonville is huge. It's the largest city by area in the United States. And we have people scattered from the farthest north to the farthest south. So it was very hard for people to travel to this Bible study. But once it was on Zoom, actually, a lot of families were able to join and a lot of families were able to participate. And so whether we go back to holding it in the houses and rotating or not, we know that Zoom is going to be a part of it because it was a way for lots of people to connect and join in, even if they couldn't make that drive. Um, And then the other thing is that the thing that will stay the same that won't change is that it's really about these relationships, the one-on-one relationships that we have with each other in the body of Christ. So if you haven't seen that tante that sits two rows back in eight weeks, it might be time to call her, you know, and you're going to need to reconnect and continue building relationships one-on-one because that's what binds us to each other in the community. The Holy Spirit seeks to make us uh, care for each other uh, in our love for God. We show that through loving each other. And so even if there are a lot of new ideas that we can bring in and a lot of new momentum that we can bring in, we also want to remember that at the basis, at the fundamental, there's a love for each other that is key um, to the service that we need to keep and and strengthen. Thank you for that insight, Laura. That's It's really beautiful that the love that binds us together is going to be what propels us, whether we are physically in the church or we are separated and serving through Zoom and that we can still strive to preserve the unity of the body of Christ. So as usual, we're now going to end this episode with our rapid fire questions. Are you ready, Laura? I am. All right. So our first question, tell us a moving or funny story that's happened in your experience as a servant. Okay. So this is not one story. It's something that happened repeatedly over, uh, over many years, but Uh, Abun and I used to serve in a church that was an hour and a half away before he was ordained to the priesthood. And we would serve in summer camp and we would um, come once a week in the evening and we would drive that hour and a half and then serve and then drive back. And every week, you know, for six or seven weeks uh, each summer, 
When we drive to church, we are absolutely terrified, feeling inadequate, feeling underprepared, and just sure that we were going to mess everything up tonight, like just certain that it was all going to go down poorly. And then we would come back after we had served and that hour and a half drive back would just be a conversation about how much God had filled in the gaps and taken the very little that we offered, the five loaves and the two fish, and had turned it into this incredible event, this incredible time that we spent with the kids and connecting with the kids and so on. So that what we brought was always inadequate and what we came back with was always just blessed beyond belief. And I think that's something that applies to all of our service. When we all, when we're going to serve, we we often feel like we didn't do that great of a job, you know, and we always feel very weak and um, unsure. But the fact is that God is always there to support us um, as long as we're serving sincerely. Yeah, I really like that. I think that it's important to remember that we can do our part, but God will be the one who transforms our service. And it also reminds me of a verse in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, where St. Paul says, I planted, Apollo swatted, but God gave the increase. And I think it's really important to remember that we can do our part as servants and we need to trust God that he will do the rest, that he will be the one who shows us the fruits of our service. So Laura, my next question, can you recommend a book about service to our listeners? So this book is not exactly about service, but it is about teaching. Um, it's a book that I got when I was working on my master's of teaching and it was called Teach Like a Champion. And there's a follow-up now, I think that's out called Teach Like a Champion 2.0. This book is really great if you're trying to reach kids because it gives very specific techniques for managing the classroom and for teaching the kids um, in new methods. Uh, new is kind of a, maybe new to us in the service new methods that I'm sure that when you go back and you read the headlines, you're gonna say, oh yeah, my favorite teacher back in third grade used to do this and we loved it. And now you'll have a name for it. Like the book will teach you how to run your classroom that same way that your old favorite teacher used to do. So I just, that is a great book for very easy, quick tips, things that you can incorporate into your service immediately to, to reach the kids uh, and teach them what you need to teach them. That sounds really interesting. I actually haven't read that book, but I'll definitely put it on my reading list. And I'll also make sure it's linked in the show notes for any of you listeners who might be interested. My next question is, what is your favorite quote about service? So this quote is really about relationships between people. And whenever anyone asks me what my favorite quote is, this is what I say. And it's hurt people hurt people. It's very simple. If you have someone uh, a child in your classroom who is misbehaving, who is um, not respecting you the way you feel you should be respected, who's not living up to your expectations of how they should behave, or who's being rude or pushy or demanding or whatever it is, um, remember that that child is probably suffering through something or dealing with some kind of trauma, um, no matter how big or small, who, who actually just that child needs a little bit more love and attention from you. And remember that that's what service is about. It's about sharing the love of Christ. And so don't worry so much about your lesson and worry more about that child's soul and that child's feeling of um, not being loved enough or not being um, cared for enough, not getting the attention or security or stability that they need, whatever's missing. Remember to be compassionate and really um, reach the kid uh, with love before you, you try to teach them anything. Yeah, I really like that. I think that sometimes it's so easy to jump to wanting to just 
get all the kids in line to listen and to hear, hear your lesson and maybe you want to just kind of fix any issues but it's important like you said to understand that if they're hurt or if there's something going on we need to start with that and love them in spite of that. So my last question today is if you can give one bit of advice to the listeners what would that be? So Karen, my piece of advice would be to make sure that you're taking care of your own spiritual life. So um, there was one time we were all sitting around with His Grace and Yusuf, and we were talking about burnout. We were talking about how just exhausting sometimes the service can be. And it was a little bit funny because for Yusuf, he is um, an incredibly hardworking person. He visits uh, multiple churches a week. He's always flying from here to there and um, attending all the services and praying all these liturgies and visiting all these homes all the time. And so we, we were basically asking, you know, how do you do it? Like how in the world, you, you must be burned out and tired of dealing with all of us. And he said, no, I'm never tired and I'm never burnt out. And so um, what I learned from that is that we need to learn to be plugged into the source, which is Christ himself. We need to be plugged into the one who is an endless living water, right? We need to be praying, reading our Bible, confessing regularly. If we are not getting our energy from God, there's no way we can manufacture enough energy on our own to serve the way that we want to and to serve wholeheartedly. So I think that's really key um, for all your listeners is just to remember that service is just an outpouring or an overflow of the love that God is giving you. And if you're not letting him feed you first, then you won't be able to feed others. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I think that we also need to continuously work to be full and to be feeding ourselves before we go and feed others. So thank you so much for your advice and and for all your thoughts that we've talked about today. I really appreciate you being here, Laura. Thank you so much, Karen. It was my pleasure. God bless you and all your service. It was really great to hear your thoughts about serving in a digital age. And if you'd like to find more of Laura, you can find out on her website, CopticDadAndMom.com and also her Instagram page, at CopticLaura. I've linked these in the show notes, as well as some of the resources that Laura talked to us about today. And Laura has given us some special insight today, and it truly exemplifies the verse of this podcast, 1 Peter 4.10, which says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. And thank you to all the listeners for listening today. And if you've benefited from this episode, please share it with others. Thank you so much, and see you soon.